Welcome to Activate Your Life, Awaken Your Soul's Expression. This is the podcast that goes deep into the realms of astrology, human design, homesteading, permaculture, self-sufficiency, inner work, and inner healing, everything that's supporting your own inner awakening. I am your host, Erin Esser, and it is an honor to be your guide on this amazing journey of self-discovery and transformation. Hey, this is Erin Esser with Activate Your Life podcast. Welcome to another episode. On today's episode that you will hear, I had the privilege of chatting with a dear um, old friend of mine, um, Nick Zahasky is his name, and he lives in Minnesota and he's done so many things in his life, um, but we had a really amazing chat uh, around ice and cold therapy and how it's so much more than just getting in a cold plunge um, just for the sake of getting in the cold water. It really is about getting good at life. Um, versus getting good at the cold, but there's a purpose in it. And we talk about presence and the emotional aspect of this and how water really is such an amazing teacher. Um, I really enjoyed this uh, podcast and this conversation. And I know that you will too, as it offers a completely different perspective and a different view on what water can do uh, for each one of us. So um, Nick has been an executive chef since 2002. Um, He's launched um, run and redeveloped restaurants and food service programs in Nevada, California, Iowa, South Dakota, and Minnesota. He has cooked for many elite figures such as Madeleine Albright, Michael Pollan, uh, Gandhi, um, Waylon Jennings, and the King and Queen of Norway and Five for Fighting, along with independent contracting with the bulletproof executive himself, Dave Asprey. In 2011, Nick retired from his executive chef role and left the corporate lifestyle to pursue self-training and rewilding through biohacking and ancestral nutrition. He began racing for the first time with this newfound energy, strength, and passion and began to consistently and national uh, win national obstacle course races and competitions, quickly becoming a public figure and personality for his approach to ancestral health. In this time, he began to bring more, more awareness and accessibility to breathwork and ice, which drastically improved his personal and professional practices. So just enjoy this conversation as Nick really tells his own experience with, um, with this. And I know it's going to touch your soul and activate your life. Enjoy the show. All right. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm fantastic. And you? Awesome. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm really excited to chat with you today about breath and ice and food and chef, your chef experience and and just everything, just life really in general and how this plays in with life and how life plays in with this and how it's all connected. And, you know, I mean, we've been friends for what, 12 years now or so? I don't know, it's been a long time. Feels longer, like a lifetime. I know it is. It's probably been several lifetimes like we've talked about before. But yeah, I'm just excited to have you on here. And, you know, breath and ice and well, and community, right? As part of the whole Sherpa network. I mean, that those those are three big things that have been really more popular, I would say, lately. As people are talking about it more, people are experiencing it more. People are experiencing the benefits, especially of like, you know, cold therapy and and breath work and whatnot. And you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I remember when you went over to it was Iceland, right? That you did a, a th- like five years ago, six years ago. That was, it was almost seven now. Yeah. Okay. Went for a retreat that I was a chef for. The uh, company was Live or Live Beyond Global. 
and I was one of their presenters, but in the food sphere, and then also was able to take part in a Wim Hof course while I was there. That's right. So, and I have been experiencing and working some of Wim Hof's work just through my own studies for three years previous. And when I was competing in sometime around the time we met, I would intentionally put myself in the cold just to get robust for these races that were coming up. And at that time, I had zero clue that yeah. it was a benefit. I just knew that literally that I was going to get into a part of a race where I was going to be in cold water or ice water or the race was going to be at the very end of the winter season and it was going to be cold outside. And so I needed to acclimate to that. And I would do the same thing before I would go to Haiti. I would drive in, and I still do this and the kids hate it, but I'll drive around with no air conditioning on with the windows barely cracked. Just <laughs> <laughs> so That's awesome. Just to acclimate yourself. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, that brings up, I mean, one thing too that I was thinking about before our conversation today too, that one of the things I've always really admired about you is that you experience and experiment with everything like on yourself even when we met when we were first we had a business together for a bit and just became really good friends and and you would always experiment with food with different techniques with you know all these things before it was even you know before you would even tell anybody about it or before you would share you were always like the biggest i mean you would just experiment and sometimes it was crazy stuff but it was like you would do it and like you would i think i remember times you would do like super super high like even caloric days too like i don't know to experience just to see how your body would even like respond to that you would just experiment with so many things that i always looked up to you for that well thanks i i still do that <laughs> i still the reason i do that is because I'm a, a skeptic by nature for everything and I want to experience it on myself yeah. just so I know how it feels before I start educating people on the thing that I'm working on. Uh, how did I react? How did I feel? What are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the amazing benefits? And I would keep track of those, just on the journal of those things. Now I'm kind of more in the process of where I just, since I'm not doing a lot of personal coaching with nutrition or physical training at the moment, I do still a lot of experiments on myself, whether mostly within food and exposure things. And I have experimented with in the past, like peptides and other things of that nature. But for me to really comprehend things, in, in the nature, I guess that's my way of learning is to put my hands on it, to feel it, to feel it out. And then I can really understand that thing. And then I can give more insight to somebody else because I know they're going to have a lot of the similar questions that I had when I started looking into something. So I guess there's a lot of people that are very specialized in one thing and they know that thing in and out, which is amazing. But I've always been of the mindset that specialization is for insects <laughs> or like ants. <laughs> the humans, we should know all sorts of different things. And I also too think is like a, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. And that's the way that I want to live my life because I think if I master something that there's nothing left for me to learn. And mm. that's something in the food scene that I would always tell my chefs or cooks is if you think you've mastered it all, then hang up your whites and leave because there's always something new to learn in life. And I'm, I'm an autodidact in that way. Uh, I just want to learn. It's, that's the most exciting part of all of this is learning. Not, that, yeah. not necessarily the outcome of it, but is it's the road to that outcome that's the most exciting part. I think that brings up actually, I remember one of the times that I was over at your house, like a long time ago when we both lived in South Dakota, I think on your mirror, you had that written something about it's the journey or something like that. And I think you had it written on your mirror in your bathroom. Do you remember yeah, that? I, have, I do. I, I put a lot of things on the mirrors just or above the toilet. Cause that's like where the very <laughs> first thing that you see in the morning when you generally get up, you generally yeah. go. Uh, and it's the last thing that you look at at night. 
And so those are good places to put reminders for yourself or you're going to be most of the time in your kitchen. I had some in my, my studio gym, but I think the bathroom is the best place and in the mirror because then you're looking at yourself and you have to repeat that mm. thing. Probably sinks in deeper too because you're looking at yourself while you're even reading it on the mirror too, right? So like you're almost taking it in in a different way than just reading something because you're looking at yourself at the same time. I just I didn't think about that before now. So and it's I think the only time that we get to eye gaze on ourselves, and that's very difficult for all of us. I mean, staring in my own eyes in the mirror took a long time to be able to actually look at it and love myself. I still work on that daily, I should say. But it's transformative when you can say that thing internally versus saying it externally out loud and audible to yourself. And that's a, that is a challenge. Mm -hmm. When I can do it out loud and say it in high gaze, then I know I'm progressing a little bit and I'm gonna remember it. Yeah. Well, it's intimacy with ourselves, right? Yeah. When that's we can get to that point. <laughs> What's that? It's hard to be emotionally in uh, vulnerable with yourself absolutely but you know that's kind of brings me into like even the whole ice and breath though right i mean would you say that there's a similar process as far as really having to get intimate with yourself to really be in that space and hold space like for for that process or like i guess what would you know if you could maybe talk a little bit about that or kind of what what you like you know what you have found you know in your in your journey of, of these things or you know if you want to just do one or the other right away that's fine too I could probably lump it into like a journey of how I got to where I'm at. Everything, a lot of, I would say a lot of people, not, it doesn't matter what sex, male or female, but a lot of times we grit through things because that's how we were taught. You know, just suck it up, move through it, overcome this obstacle. And then obstacle course racing, that was kind of like my thought process is I have to grit and bear this. I have to get through this thing. Um, it's going to make me better physically and then a lot of things transformed in my life where there was marital issues my personal issues with depression and anxiety suicidal tendencies and so i would use specific protocols whether they were in breath or exposure of some kind or exercise to put myself back into a place of parasympathetic state because that's the only way i could get there that was my only release when i was in the kitchen and when I was younger, my release was alcohol. And that was, it's not conducive to life, period. It brings out the worst spirits in you. So I transitioned into start looking for natural ways of, of changing my mindset and using these things to get better. And, you know, so that's how I approached the ice or the cold exposure was through grit. And it didn't, dawn on me and it didn't actually have this big transformation until this year that like Emoto's work of putting intention to water you are going to receive that same energy back mm -hmm. and so my intention and energy generally going into those things is like yeah i can do this i'm strong um but i'm also scared as shit and that as like a little child i'm scared of this thing because it's painful at points in life whether that's emotional or actually physical and there's things that are going to come up that i did not have the bandwidth and emotional eq to deal with so came coming to this year i just share like meeting Kristen, um the founder of sherpa breath and cold out in pequot lakes in northern minnesota and our introduction was quite magical and serendipitous and the universe brought it all together and i was given the opportunity like being voted onto the island with all the other master instructor trainers that were there that have been doing this daily for over a year and i had been doing it spontaneously or directed just towards the races that I was doing at the times or the times that I was experiencing emotional strife and I would try this thing and it wasn't like a daily practice and I was like man I've already been teaching breath work for over seven years now I don't need another certification I've got all these other certifications and that day I had to get in the ice with him and I was just very I was frightened 
And I've, I've shared this with them and I was very vulnerable. And this is like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want people to see my vulnerability. I didn't want them to see me on like how exteriorly I look like I can hold my shit together and I'm strong. But I knew once I got in that water that it would all unfold. And so I was just very trepidatious. I got in the water that day. It was the first day. And it was everything that I thought it was going to be. And I'm not saying this to scare people away from using ice or intentional cold exposure, but the pain in my ankles came back, the pain in my elbow that I had gotten from past traumas, the pain that I felt when I was in Iceland that pulled me out of the water because I was about to vomit because I got this very visceral feeling of nausea and this overwhelming sympathetic response of fear. And I got in the water and I suffered through that. Like my whole body was tense and the water was hard. Mm -hmm. It felt very hard. And the next day when we were, I had, and this was actually the same day because I'm linear, I'm not very good, but secular with time. Mm -hmm. So that day before getting in the water, I didn't want to stay. I was going to just tell Kristen and the group that I was going to leave and no harm, no foul. Because I didn't want to see that that feeling. And they had a gift for me. Everybody voted me on the island. They decided they wanted to keep me around. So I was like, well, fuck, I'm in it now. I can't turn back. So I had to literally that day face that fear of being accepted. Because the water, like, whoa, this is going to make me cry for some odd reason. But the water makes you accept yourself in so many different ways. It has a lot to teach. So I did that, I stayed and I overcame that. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna get in the water. I'm gonna do this thing that I don't want them to see, but they held the most beautiful space for me and they were so kind and so loving and they were there and they could see that. But they also saw other things about me. They saw the knowledge that I had, the love and the compassion that I had and the, the want to share my gifts, whether they're through food or teaching, breath work or anything else. And it unfolded that day that the water was hard. And I always liken this to the journey of plant medicine. So I have not done peyote, but I've done ayahuasca and a few other things. But peyote, I've heard, is like the grandfather. And my grandfather, his name was Schaefer. And when I stepped out of line, he'd take his, his index finger, which was like a piece of iron because he was a auto body worker and he thumped me in the chest and he put me back in line but he loved me like mm-hmm. without question and i knew that and i always felt it and then the next day going into the ice after experience of that i still had the trepidation i still had the fear i knew that the pain was going but right before i got in the water Kristen put her hand on my heart and my shoulder and i do not remember what she said to me honestly i don't and another master instructor his name is jeremiah and he was already waiting in the water for me because he knew what experience i had the day before and he had some ideas and it was just going to be him and i meeting down there but then everybody followed he's waiting in the water kristen puts her hand on my heart i don't know what she says i get in the water and those feelings come back again right like the pain the anxiety tears of wanting to cry all these emotions that you can't you can't put words to at that moment because you lose all control of your prefrontal cortex. You're just like gone. And it was to me like ayahuasca was, mother ayahuasca. And a mother is sometimes can be very harsh with her direction, but she's very loving and soft. And the water that day was soft. It, the day before it was hard, like it felt very hard. That next day it felt very soft and embracing. And those people were there holding space with me and embracing me. Kristen again put her hand on my shoulder. Jeremiah was there and I was like, I started doing the dry heave. And he's like, hey man, we pulled his hands out and makes a little cup. He's like, go up right here. And it was just like, totally changed. I don't know how long I stayed in the water, but Kristen kept nudging me to stay another 15 seconds and she counted really slow. So I got out and then I had this like huge like after pump, like it's where the blood rushes back into your appendages and it's warm. So that cold blood rushes in and out, right? So you get this response of it's shivering, but it's shaking. You can't, you can't stop it. It just happens, but it, it's a great way to release 
fast mm. emotion drama. And they use a similar technique. I can't remember the name of it. Something like EDMR, EDMR, EM. I had to have to look it up. I can't remember. I've only experienced that once. You with the eyes? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but they do something different where mm. they do some wall sits and your legs are in a butterfly. Mm. And then your legs go to total fatigue. And then as you bring them back together, you start making a wave from your sacrum all the way up to your uh, cervical vertebrae, kind of like a chi machine. But in this way, it allows people to release trauma that's held within their vertebral column. And it was similar to that. And we went through this workout and then I was just being able to be like super vulnerable with them that more so than I have been with other people that like, I didn't want to be here. I wanted to leave. I was afraid of your judgment. I was afraid of my personal failure to this and how I was going to have to carry it around. And like, I don't need another certification. I don't actually have enough money to go out to Oregon to do this, to do this because now I'm on the hook to, I have to finish that out. And, but I stuck it out and there was just this, this amazing transformation. And I came home every day I did ice until I went to Oregon and things shifted. And there was days that I was in the ice that I was laughing. There was days that I was hysterically crying. There was days I was trying my hand at throat singing and other weird things. <laughs> How many days was that from when you got home to when you went to Oregon then that you said you were in there every day? There was a total of 42 days and I did a total of 36 days in the ice. That's a so, long time. That's yeah. A lot. Yeah. That's what? Was like give me an opportunity to test myself. so what i what i really hear you saying you said you know the water teaches us so many things it's a teacher right and what i hear you also saying in that too is and just what your experience is that and maybe and let me know if you feel like this is true for you or not but the water was really just a mirror literally like How do I want to phrase this? It's almost like the water is there holding space for you, right? To get in for all of you, but it will bring up everything within you that you can't hold space for, for yourself yet. It challenges you, it challenges you to expand those spaces, just like the water is expanding for you to be in there as well. Like almost like this beautiful, like relationship between the water and everything in you. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. I, all the people that I've coached through the water that I do aftercare for in the last uh, six weeks, I tell them, and I see their responses that are in the water. They were a lot similar to mine. Uh, For instance, and I won't give her name, but this individual that she's a healer. She does um, body work through Faja and other uh, energy work. And she had a little similar history of being in the culinary field like myself in the bars and being a servant to people. And she, by all outward appearances, is a strong woman. You know, like physically, she looks very strong, but just hearing her talk through her words, she shows up very intense and strong. Like, I can handle this stuff. And she was only in there for 30 seconds, and it wasn't the totally cold water like where I wanted. It was just above 40. Generally, I want it lower than that. And she got into a minute and 30 seconds and she started to cry and she didn't want to be very vulnerable in front of everybody. So she got out and we had this conversation at the end. It was like, you don't have to share with me what you were experiencing, but I guarantee you that in the next three days, it's going to present itself to you. What Whatever you are needing to be taught will present it to you. And sure shit, was three days later, I got a text. She's like, oh my God. She's like, I found that thing. It came out. You were right. You know, because I followed up with her the day after. And this happened with another individual as well. It is a teacher in all sorts of sense of the words because it's drawing out of your body those things that have been there, that have been laying dormant, that have been you've been holding on to, that you've been looking to release and you don't know how. And uh, it's also that aspect of I tell people is because I work with an individual that has PTSD and he was retired police officer and talk therapy works for some people and plant medicine works for some people. And then there's this, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can find it, maybe there's an equation where it's all three of those or it's two of those or it's one of them. And I've done all three. 
And I can tell you this has been the biggest benefit in my life for finding those things that come up in there. Like, what am I feeling? It has done more for me than talk therapy ever did in the years that I've done it. You know, and I'm, there's a lot of stuff that I could go into, whether it was, and I share this openly now with a lot of people, like eating disorder, and that's a hard thing for a male to share, and that's a hard thing for a chef male <laughs> to share, but what it's done for that alone, just making me be more conscious because I'm so about food and I'm so about the vibration of that thing. Mm -hmm. I get stuck in my head and I get stuck outside of my body in this ethereal thing. And that's the only way I can bring myself back sometimes. It was through those acts. Now, like this, this tool brings me back into my body for that short amount of time and then allows me to be there. And then mm -hmm. I can process this thing and I can talk through with it myself. Like, and not every day do I get in there and do a sacred process with it where I sage myself and I speak to the water and put my intuition into it of, or not intuition, but my intention into it. But I always do have an intention when I get in there. And I think that's a very important piece of this medicine. It's like, it's going to mirror you. And, but it might be, like, it might not be a mirror, it could be a contrast. I think that's a big aspect. So what, can you go into that a little bit? What do you mean by that? So when I'm getting in there sometimes and I'm working on this thing that I'm feeling, much like the dream that I was explaining to you, where mm -hmm. life, did it, life is a lucid dream, is there's a contrast. And we had this other dream that we, I spoke about, right? Where all of these things that were yeah. one person for the most time, as their age they are now and then i started seeing them the younger age and all of these things that came out with these golden slippers and what that means it was a contrast to everything else and so mm. it shows me that contrast sometimes of like where i'm hard i should be soft and where i'm over empathetic i should just be sympathetic to something because i don't need to wear that and hold on to it because it's not mine yeah. you know so i think that's an amazing thing about this and it's accessible for people. It doesn't take you traveling thousands of miles away from your home, investing yeah. a lot of money. And it doesn't even take, honestly, a lot of knowledge to do this. It's just exposing yourself to that. Maybe the knowledge that you need to know is if you have any contraindications health-wise that you should not get in the ice water. But you could do a you know, other different things and the aspect of doing this than breath work, perhaps. So, but it is like, uh, I think that's a lot of times as we get stuck on this pathway and we don't see the, the exits signs, we don't see and we bypass the exits and those are the contrasts that we need instead of staying. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's powerful. And, you know, you're probably, I guess, the first person that shared with me as far as, you know, your your experience uh, that you just shared, you know, here where like water is such a teacher, where it like brings it into this space of it's not like it's not something that somebody's just doing to do. Right. It's like, OK, so here's a good point where I'm going to bring in the, that quote that I that I read. But what really what I hear you saying is that there's a quote that I read off of the Sherpa Breath and Cold dot com website. It says we don't get in ice to get good at cold plunging. We get in the cold to get good at life. Yeah. And so I love that quote. When I read that, I just thought, oh my word, like this is so much more than just another modality, just something that people just do to say, yeah, I did this for, you know, whatever. It's it's really like how you're experiencing it and how you're sharing it and how you're talking about it. It's like this is literally life-changing where, I mean, I'm even thinking what a good partner to doing shadow work, inner child work, because all those things that come up that you're saying that come up right in the cold, we may or may not know, you know, what's there. We know something's there, but we may not know what it is. And so are we ready to face ourselves right in the fullness of who we are? and have compassion for those places within us that come up, right? Because some, a part of you might come up that might be like that three-year-old scared little boy, right? That maybe had, who knows, right? Like we're so multi-dimensional like beings, right? That, that there's all these aspects where I really feel like 
what I hear you saying is that this is really a tool uh, and a process that can bring us back into the wholeness of, of really who we are and what our soul is really here for. What would you say to that? What I'm thinking is generally people want to get into something for, there's, there's different groups and categories of people, right? They're looking at doing this as a new level of experience where they can push themselves and that's totally okay. Right. There is people that want to do this as a therapeutic for physical reason. And that's totally okay. There's people that want to do this for a psychological, spiritual reason. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I think that there's the other part of like people just want and we miss a lot of times is we want to play. We want to be like kids again. And we can do that with this. It offers everything to you. And there's no exclusions in that. Right. Like whatever Mm -hmm. you want it to be, it'll meet you there. Sometimes now that's where I'm, when we have groups of people where I'm just playing, like what's like a group that we did before, uh, two weeks ago is I had everybody get in the ice before we actually, we did a breath workout, you know? And so they're like, what? Cause they've been coming for a couple of weeks now. And they're like, we're going to do the ice before we're not going to work up to this thing. It's like, no, we're just going to try it. And they met that opportunity. They're like, okay, let's do this. Let's have fun. And they were playing with it, right? And then we offered it where they could get in at the end. And there's people that took part in that. And I think this is something too that allows you to learn innately what your inner voice is saying to you. I've always been good at pushing back certain types of peer pressure. Like, just like my body says, no. Like, they're like, come on, get in the water again. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like. That was my dose for the day. I got seven other days, 10 other days, you know, to do this. You know, yesterday, not feeling well, I got in for five minutes and then I came home and got in for six Mm -hmm. minutes. That was my, like, I'm going to see what this, how this makes me feel. It was a playing in a sorts. Yeah. Yeah. So you're experimenting. Yeah. (laughs) Is Which is fun. playing. It's curiosity, right? Uh, it's it's in the it's the energy of play and curiosity, right? Yeah. 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 So I think that's something in like the culinary world too, right? It's like you can only do this thing one way. This is the way the French taught it. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like that. Like there's more than one way to do something. And that is often led to great successes but it's also uh, like lots of failures where i've learned but um, i i don't despise but i don't like the thought of like this is the way we do it or this is the way it's always been done and yeah I have to do it like every time somebody tells me that i'm like okay watch this <laughs> <laughs> let's see if there's another way to do it yeah <laughs> yeah no if i fail at it what's that I'm okay to own that. If I fail at it, I'll be like, yeah, you're right. At least I tried. Well, it's like what we were talking about before, you know, too, it's that anytime that something doesn't work out, so to speak, we learn more, right? So if our intention is growth, right, we're growing because now we know something that we didn't know before, you know, and it's just change. I think sometimes it's so many, so it's so important to change our definitions of words that we maybe have a charge to already like failure, right? It's such a charged kind of word for so many people. It's like linked with shame or, you know, guilt or just, you know, feeling of bad or not good enough. Uh, But what if we could change the definition of that for ourselves, right? And so that we could allow ourselves to play more. Yeah, I guess I didn't even really give you the whole idea of like getting better at life, but and innately and in a way I did it was like it made me more present in what I'm feeling what I want what I would like to do what am I feeling and that's like how can I take Kristen and Kayla another biohacker friend of mine it's like you have a stress bucket you have to add all those things in there right like you have your job you have finances you have your life your kids your marriage and all those things add up and then they overflow this bucket you stress versus distress right and so 
this is a great way to mitigate a lot of those things and say like, okay, I'm experiencing this in my life and I'm going to add this in, you know, and, and I went through that 36 days and I started having a healing event or a healing crisis. I don't like the way the word crisis, but a healing event. And, you know, I was like, I already knew the answer is like, I should probably take a break, but I needed permission from somebody else to tell me to do that because I won't give myself permission. So I called Kristen. She's like, yeah, Nick, take a break, <laughs> you know? So that point right there, it allowed me to get better at asking for help instead of just like, oh, I already know the answer. I did know the answer, but I wasn't allowing myself. Yeah. You needed permission from, yeah, from someone else. Yeah. But someone that I respect. Yeah, sure knows this stuff someone i know intimately that cares about me as well right i can ask this thing to god truth yeah there's so many facets of how it makes you better that's amazing so who would you recommend like if if say there's someone that's like oh, i've been afraid to like do this how would you recommend that they start or that they um start to play with this well I guess the biggest way that I started out in playing is, you know, getting ready for these races and stuff. I would just do what we in the biohacking sphere call shiver walks. Uh, like when I was outdoors in the cold in South Dakota, it was super cold. So I would dress down when I go on my runs. I wouldn't wear a lot of clothing because you're going to heat up anyway. So I started by doing that. And then I started shoving the driveway in just a pair of compression shorts, you know, and no shirt and just some gloves I remember that. <laughs> yeah i went up to like cold showers i worked my way up in those for a while and then i worked my way into just tap temperature water in these baths and i didn't ever like go for time in those things and i was shot my hands and feet out right away so like getting better vascularity in your hands and feet so you can do hand plunges and ice plunges in ice water you know working up your like mm. and a half up to three minutes so just yeah. putting your hands in the ice water you're saying uh, as long as you can okay to build up that and then those plunges too where you're getting your vagal nerve your vagus nerve and then because you have cells that are on your face under your eyes and that are on your hands and your feet and the base of them or like the palms of your hands and the base of your feet that are uh, glabular cells that they regulate your core body temperature so when you put them into cold this is like i need to bring more heat into my thoracic cavity protect my body so it'll raise your body temperature but it's also improving the vascularity in your hands and your feet and that's the problem a lot of people have when they get into the cold is their hands and feet i suffered from what they call raynaud's phenomenon or mm. so right so it's hands turning white they're always cold and this is, i think this is an autoimmune issue i think now more so it's probably a psychological issue but that's just my personal opinion and once we can increase that vascularity in our hands and feet, then it it helps subside a lot of those feelings that you get afterwards. And those just by too, like sleeping in a cold room with your face exposed will help you to become more cold adapted, walking outside with less clothes. All of these things that we're doing is helping our body to create increase what's called brown adipose tissue or beige fat. Okay. Fat has it's a mechanism that is a messenger mechanism as well to your body but it also is one that creates atp adenosine triphosphate which is an energy source which your white fat does not create right so we're born with this brown adipose tissue in a larger majority because we as babies don't have the musculature to like maintain body temperature mm -hmm. this will help you that child maintain body temperature interesting so we can build that back up because as we age we lose that especially because a lot of us live indoor lives now we're not yeah. coming so yeah well, that would be the ways and then if you want to find a community group like that's what i started here is yeah. i'm going out to work in out of the state so I didn't feel right in my heart to take on a bunch of new clients 
or to work on taking on a bunch of new clients and then just ditch them for 14 weeks and say mm-hmm. like, okay, like <laughs> because if I think a lot of people that are searching out a coach are looking for some type of transformation that needs a one-on-one focus. Mm-hmm. But there's like here in Minnesota, we have a group that meets at a lake and nighttime water butterflies. You can find them on Facebook, like meetup. You can find people that are doing this. Those are great ways for people to find those groups. Instagram is another way. And my only caution on these groups, just because this is my personal preference and my where I'm at in this journey is because I got into those groups and those people are so experienced so they were doing this, but they're not experienced in coaching people through the cold. Yeah. And holding a space for them. That makes sense. I think that's a missing puzzle piece. That was a missing puzzle piece for me because I jumped one of the first lake plunges that I did. I just jumped in the water like, oh, this is gonna be fun. And I was like a cat. I jumped out. Right, because it was such shock. I went head under first, and it was such a shock to my system. And I'm already an amped up individual that at that time too was going through losing my business and bankruptcy. Yeah. So I was already super or super sympathetic, and then just hit me hard. And with the rain odds, I went home crying, and my hands and feet hurt for like three hours. And so that was another trauma base that I held on to that made me view the water in this way. So finding somebody that has some knowledge of that and has the ability to hold space for you. That's one of the things I love about what you're doing um, with the community, you know, too, is building that. And when I was reading more about the Sherpa thing, it's really it's breath, ice and community. You know, that is one of the, the pillars, you know, of that. And I feel that with your especially you sharing that experience, how... Like to be, and I mean, I know just even as a coach and, you know, just leading retreats before, like it's so important when you, when you put yourself in such a potentially vulnerable situation, right? That you feel safe, that you have someone there, at least one other person there that can hold space for anything that comes up and that you know you're okay like no matter how you react or respond right to, to that to the stimuli you know around you and so i feel like that would be such an important i mean critical almost like not just important but really truly critical to the overall like your transformation that someone might want to have with with working with water you know you know i mean you think about even you know, we're talking about plant medicine or even in anything like that, anything that's transformative that you're putting yourself in another state, you know, it, like you're literally in another state that if you don't have a good experience, you are going to hold on to that. And there's going to be a belief around that thing. You know, like you're saying with the water, right? The first time you went in there that you got out and you're like, Mm-mm, I don't want that. Like, and so even on, subconsciously, like you're making that like water's bad it makes me this 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 and this right and then like you're saying water is responding back to us exactly how we're you know however we're thinking about it 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 is it is bringing that back to us as well too so it's such a interesting relationship that we have with water i mean it really truly is it really is life i mean it really is and it's how we view life and, and all aspects of it that it will meet us at that spot, you know, in that particular place that we need to face, you know, those those things. And I, I think it's, wow, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I've, I've played around with water. I've gotten water, you know, cold showers. I've done, we've gotten the ice pod thing, you know, um, it's in our garage right now, but because the hose like broke off the sun burnt it and it all flaked off and so we need to get another hose like a drain hose um but yeah it's tough and i've noticed myself even looking at it going "Ah," just like a nervousness you know a, a level of not trusting the water or my and it's really me not trusting me and my experience with it you know and uh, you know that's something that i've really worked on a lot lately is just recognizing the you know just the courage to face anything that comes my way right anything that's coming my way knowing like okay like i can do this if something's coming my way an obstacle it's because 
there is a solution to it. There is something that, that, and that's why it's coming to me, right? So versus going, oh my gosh, why is this coming to me? It's because I can't do it, right? That was my former belief, you know? So now I would just like step away from it. And, and then it would reinforce this belief of that I'm not competent because that was a belief that I've really had to work through in my life. And versus now like, okay, like, you know, no, I am competent and I can get through this, whatever is coming up. It might be frustrating at times, but just believing that and working through that space. And so I've noticed that even about the, the water and there's times I really have to, well, well, we're in Iceland, Ireland and I, and we went to one of the lagoons. It was a sky lagoon and they have a seven step ritual. And the first thing you do is you get in the cold and it's fucking cold. Like <laughs> It's cold and Ireland just goes right in and, you know, it's just, you know, and, and she gets out like no big deal. And I'm like, and I'm like, <gasps> like literally that's how I was like, I just like was breathing like, so like I could just feel it was hard for me to take breaths in there, you know, and I had to really like, it's just such a grounding moment. Like you really have to stay present, you know, cause I could see someone really getting outside of their body in that space too. And like, almost like hyperventilating, you know? <laughs> I'm glad that you said the presence thing, because when you started speaking, I was doing my best to stay present, but I wanted to share a presence with you. So I didn't want to respond just to respond, but I really wanted to listen to what you had to say and then you brought it out. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Because my thought of this is what Ramdas says is be here now. And what the water does to you is allow you, it pushes you into being here now. And I think there's a reason that some people can accept the water easier than others. And that's like for Ireland, she doesn't have a many years of experience and traumas in life, right? So she is living in the present. She's living in that moment. And then there's adults that can do that too, right? Because they know I've done that work and they can get bypass all of those things. But and when you have all of these traumas and these ideas about this thing that you're fearful of, that you really have not experienced perhaps, it's like it's easy to put this idea around it, right? And then you're not present in that moment you're already thinking of the thing in the future or you're thinking of the thing in the past and mm -hmm. water <laughs> forces you to be present yeah. it forces you into that state and this is like all right here you are and it if we can have somebody coach you through to find your breath right mm. We're talking about that before is like <laughs> you're just breathing through your mouth and that was like your body's natural response right it's this mammalian response is like oh shit you need to get some breath you know like you just fell in a big old batch of ice water in a lake and you're gonna drown you know like or you like it shocks you so you need to breathe yeah. or this this you know you walk down the middle of the street and the bus is coming at you like how are you gonna breathe right like yeah you don't get to stop and go <laughs> okay <I'm ready. laughs> this happens, right like yeah. so you gotta find your breath in this time frame and you gotta become present and it takes some time to get that and what we call it in the water is your turnover like how like mm. so for a lot of people or like my response too, when I first started doing this my turnover time took almost to the end of time to get out of the water and now I get in the water and my turnover time is in like 10, 20 seconds. I find my breath. I find this place. I find this peace. You know, um, some days it's a little bit longer. You know, it just depends on my nervous system state and where I was at and what I was thinking too. So I mean, being here now is something that this thing does. You know, and that thing is like turned over like whenever I'm uh, cooking, like I'm being here in this thing. I don't have to be other. I don't have to think about the thing that I do think about the thing that's going to happen in an hour that needs to happen in three hours. But I'm I can be hyper focused on this thing and not allow those other things to bog up the system and mire the water where I'm like yeah. panicking to take you away from from where you're at right now yeah not allowing those other things to take you away yeah i i i love that and what i hear you saying is that it's a good gauge to see maybe where our nervous system is and where we're at to see how long maybe that gap is between 
you know, that turnover, right? Like, okay, is it 10 seconds today? Is it 40 seconds today? Oh gosh, what does that tell me about where I'm at right now? What maybe do I need? How, how can I support myself maybe in a different way or in a higher way today? Or I don't know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, cause like in the term biohacking it is not something I really resonate with just cause of the hacking aspect of it. But like when we're taking on to account all of our humanness and we're looking for ways to change our humanness, we have to have parameters, right? And so if we don't know these parameters, then we can't, and we can't measure them, then we can't change something, mm, right? Yeah. So that's one of those things is like, okay, today was 10 seconds. Perhaps you measured this thing and you don't always have to do that, but today I'm going to measure it just because I, uh, I did this workout yesterday and this was my response last week to that same exercise stimuli and now this is different you know and i i pretty much kept my week the whole same like everything was the same nothing popped off it was like super stressful in my life everything creeped along but this was the thing that changed so maybe that's a parameter that somebody could gauge or measure yeah like you said now my self-care is like just acknowledging that right like i don't need to stay longer in the ice that's not going to help or maybe i need to follow up with something else maybe i don't need to work out tomorrow maybe i don't need to work out today maybe i need to forgive this person or hug this person or maybe attack some shit that i was holding off because i was procrastinating on it i guess you know there's so many like things and it's even just talking through these things is giving more myself insight into like how i show up and how i do this yeah and why. yeah, yeah. Awareness and you know, awareness and presence, and you know, it just cultivates consciousness, you know, within us. And from what I hear, you know, this is just such a good it's it's inspiring me to I haven't like I was pretty regular, like at least getting in the shower, you know, like every day, like and just standing there, you know, and it would just and I would try to get my neck. I remember you're saying, you know, like <laughs> just getting in that, that I guess the nerve, and but like but just paying attention to how I react to it, you know, as well, which is, it's so eye-opening. I mean, it really is like just self-awareness, you know, and I feel like if there's anything right now in the world that we need, it's more self-awareness, you know, each person can do their part to bring that out. So we're not just going through the motions of life and living literally completely unconsciously and you know do we even exist if we're living unconsciously i don't know you know that's something that and you know for probably another time but but like this really brings life on a whole new level you know because when we're self-aware everything changes the game changes you know speaking of this self-awareness and one of the things that i've always wanted to work on was when i was asked a question whether this like from authority figure, boss, somebody that I was working with is, I had this teacher or professor, Mr. Ernst in an ethics class and you'd ask him a question, he'd pause and he'd do this long pause before he answered because he was turning the wheels, right? And he just didn't want to give you this canned answer. He was very thoughtful about that. So something that I always thought about, and I was like, man, I love that. I want to just not give a canned answer, especially if I'm in a play where I feel a little fearful um, of what the response would be. So the way that this showed up for me about being in, in that state of being present and aware because everything in the world draws us away, whether it's your phone, your computer, your social media stuff, right? Like we're all pulled away from that because there's so much to distract us now. Is I, had to get, I had to go, I was called in for jury duty. And then I was actually pulled for a panel or uh, for a jury duty. Uh, jury panel but there was some things that I did not agree with and that I couldn't be impartial to and so I got pulled aside in the defense attorney and the judge and the the other attorney were in the room and he the judge answered asked me a question and it was the first time that I sat and I paused and I I was like oh sh Oh shit, like I did that thing. I just didn't answer. I did that thing and I, I made him wait because I really wanted to give you a thoughtful, thought out 
concise answer to your question that resonates with me and why I can't do this or why it does not resonate with me. And he was like, he said, thank you for sharing. And he was like twice, two judges said, thank you for your candor. Like I've never heard them say to anybody, but I was just totally honest, me resonating from who I was and my experiences. And, um, so that was where it showed up for me. The very first time in my life of something that I wanted to do that I've thought about since I was in college that showed up like 20 some odd years later. Yeah. Wow. So, That's amazing. What seed is a beautiful seed that was planted, you know, that long ago that came to bear fruit now in the place that you probably weren't expecting it to bear fruit in. <laughs> But you know, there's like a, uh, there's a gestation for everything, right? We talked about this in animals, in nature, everything does its thing on its own timeline. Let's mm. stick to it. And we, as humans, are on that path to gestation one, whatever it is, and everything has to take its cycle. And this is a cool way to, to experience experiment with that and find out maybe it's like this is that thing that showed up in life to bring all that stuff out because I've had a lot of other things like just finding breath work brought out something at that time like when I first did my first um, level in hypopressive with Trista Zinn and I thought I was a good breather because I was an athlete for a long time and I found out that I have horrible breathing IQ <laughs> and then she just threw some tactile touch and auditory cues, opened it up, and my body started to respond to that. And then I started to profusely sweat. I cried and then I threw up. And I was like, cool, this is something I want to teach. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> if it brings something out of me, and then I know, like, okay, this needs more attention. Yeah, yeah, I had an effect. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, as we as we wrap up today, if there's like if you would be able to summarize kind of your experience, I guess, like or if there's one thing that you wanted to share, I guess, with, you know, anybody like you're met along the street or anybody that's listening and, you know, they're like, hey, what's, you know, one thing that you've learned from this or one thing you would share about this? What do you feel that that would be? I think the thing that comes to my mind is don't go searching for a guru. You are your own guru. You just need someone that you might view as a guru for just a short amount of time to push you into a place of questioning that you can start unraveling these things for you. Like, but don't, I guess, and the idea is don't put that person on a pedestal because they're just as human as you and I. So we know <laughs> they might be more human uh, or lesser human, <laughs> <laughs> especially as we're finding out in this world. But, you know, is trust yourself through this process, mm. like follow that thing and you'll know if it's right and you'll know if it's wrong. You'll know if it's right because it's going to resonate with you. And it's like Mark Pazio says, you'll feel this in your guts, your gut, right? You're going to know. And that's, that's intuition, that's your spiritual ether tether, right? Like it's telling you like, yeah, or no. So trusting that because I think we have innately, artificially, we have lost that. Yeah. And it's outside of us has hindered that. So I, using these practices can help you find that. Absolutely. That's such good, such good wisdom and advice fully i mean absolutely completely if do you have like contact i know you're going to be going to you know wyoming soon and doing some stuff is there any like contact information if anybody wanted to contact you like you know i don't know if you do classes on or anything like that like from a distance or anything like that but if you have any contact information uh please share that yeah i'm going to be putting doing some stuff by soon i have i did that in the past and then i moved away from it with the whole last couple of years just but i see that there's i have to put some of my ideas aside but there's people that that resonates with and works for and i can be a conduit to that so on instagram it's revel and breathe r-e-e-l-a-n-d 
And then it's breed with an E at the end. Okay. One. We'll have it in the show notes too. So yeah. So. yeah. so there's, and that's a big thing with me and like word too, like everything that I do with the words is intentional. Because rebel means glorious and to do something um, in a glorious or joyful manner. Mm. And breathe is different than breath because breath is something that's like putrid and gross. And breathe is another glorious aspect of something that we do. Right. Interesting. I love yeah. that. So we're breathe like if we look at it in this world is we're not breathing. We're being breathed. Ooh. You know, the creator is is because we have no control over that until we're intentional about it. It just innately happens. Wow. That's so powerful. We have to think of a higher power, I guess, in that sense. Wow. That is beautiful, and that is an amazing place, I think, to to close and allow people to sit with that, because that's something to just, like, to let marinate. Um, but, man, thank you, Nick, so much. I know I'd like to be able to have more conversations. There's so many things we could talk about on here, but thank you so much for sharing your journey with ICE and, and a little bit of breath. I know we didn't get into that as much, but I love just, I think they're, it was so powerful, just even the the cold and ice and community and just your story. And I feel that it gives people another way to look at this rather than just something to do, you know, because it's kind of popular, that there really is a true purpose in that of, of growth and our own internal like activation. So I just thank you for sharing and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you too. All right. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes packed with wisdom and insights that will allow you to experience life in a more empowering way. Until then, stay inspired, stay curious, and always ask the question, what else is possible that I've never thought of before? Take care.